0: Chris, have you been watching, or did you finish The Bear on FX?
1: I've been watching it. I have not finished it though. i think I'm about halfway through it. Uh, did you finish? I did finish. Let me tell you. Uh, in some ways, The Bear
0: is its own kind of horror TV show. <laughs> <laughs> just in a, what I mean by that is just in the stress of the kitchen environment. Like, I don't know. Did you ever work in like fast food or anything? No, I I worked a,
1: as a um, busser in, in a restaurant though And a bar back. Okay,
0: so you, so I'm sure you could relate Because I, I worked I, when I was like through high school and stuff So like not as, you know, into college, college years or anything past that But I worked at a Cold Stone Creamery I worked at a Starbucks And I worked at a McDonald's briefly And I feel like at those You just kind of get the, the like the lunch rush vibe and everything It's There's a lot of high stress moments, you know Definitely, um, definitely. Was spilled food, messes, just like feeling absolutely flustered and overwhelmed. I can't even imagine. This was like before the Grubhub, DoorDash, like yeah. days where you have to do online orders, which just seems. I don't know how anybody uh, is able to like. That just sounds so stressful to me now.
1: Yeah. No. Definitely. And that, and watching that show, I get those like moments when they're overwhelmed and it's the rush and it's kind of fun. I don't know. I the show's so funny, but it's also um revisiting a lot of stressful times that that industry is stressful <laughs>
0: ah, it, it's got an intensity to it so good though yeah so good uh, all the acting the writing everything it, it's excellent highly recommend um, it highly recommend what are you uh i think you mentioned that there were some horror movies that came to mind for you after we talked last week that you did I, not throw out there
1: i know i can't even remember now <laughs> 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 I, I, this is what happens um I, I can't remember the name of it but i And I don't remember if I mentioned it to you yet, but I watched the Dave uh, Franco directed um, film with his wife, Alison Brie. uh, And they all it's like two couples that go like an Airbnb situation. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. actually the brother in that film, one of the characters is the main character from um, the bear from the bear. Yeah. So.
0: You know what? Uh, that takes place in at the Oregon coast, actually. Oh. Which I'm I'm from Oregon originally. I for those who don't know, and I've, I mean I'm actually going to the Oregon coast back home um, in a few weeks here. So there's something very eerie, kind of spooky about the Pacific Northwest coast, anyway, especially in like the non-summer months because it gets very misty. It's a little bit cool. It's like it has very Twin Peaks vibe to it. Love yeah, it. Actually, mm-hmm. that's awesome. So yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that, i try to remember what that one's called. It is a, it's like The it is Visitors or
1: The, re- the Rental. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll look it up and, and confirm that. But, man, um, yeah, yeah, a lot of good stuff. Too much good stuff to watch these days. But, yeah. Anyway, should we jump into American Horror Stories? Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast about the FX it show American Horror Story and its anthology companion series American Horror Stories. I am your host Tyler Moss here with my co-host
1: Chris Husted. What's up, Tyler? Um, it was called the rental.
0: So, it was called the rental. Yeah. Boom. Well, there you <laughs> go. You were on it. I am so bad with names. I feel like. Do you ever feel like someone can tell you their name five seconds ago and it like goes in one ear and immediately goes out the other ear?
1: Always. There's a funny sketch uh, that SNL did with uh, Dakota Johnson. Um, and it's the, say what you want to say, um, that Cerebrella song and they're all singing it. And Dakota fanning or Dakota Johnson is sitting, talking to a character and one of the SNL people and she's like, I'm sorry, I forgot your name. What was it again? And, and she says her name. And then she said, oh, okay, I'll remember that. And then, and then she's like, wait, I'm sorry. I already forgot it. What is it again? So I'm like that, like sometimes like five times and I was still, I need to have a, a, a characteristic to assign to the person to help me remember who they yeah, are. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Bill Rams with grill. I don't know. Yeah. You got to well, come up with this whole pattern. I always say Chris and I say, but I spell it with a K and that gives me something for them to hopefully remember me because Chris is also a very generic name.
0: <laughs> well, you yeah, you spell it the interesting way. That's, that, that helps. That helps. I feel like Tyler is not as popular as it was in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? So not, there's some, but not, we're not oversaturated with Tyler's these days. True. Um, I want to say that we didn't really have too many people reach out with additional comments about uh, the first episode, Dollhouse, other than it seems like it was very well liked by pretty much. I don't know that I've heard it from anybody so far who said they didn't like it. Even on Facebook, kind of the comments were, this was a really great episode to kick off the new season. Um, seems like you know there's some positive energy around the season of American Horror Stories, which I think is cool.
1: Right. I do have a mea culpa from that episode. Um, we did get some feedback from people who corrected me, and IMDb is now corrected, that the character, one of the witches who shows up at the end, I thought was a young Fiona Good. It is not, in fact, a young Fiona Good. It is Anna Lee Layton as how uh, sh- that character is credited now, which was the Supreme before Fiona uh, in Coven, if, if anyone watched that. And if you remember the story, Fiona, I believe, killed... Uh, Anna Lee Layton, the former Supreme, to take her spot. So that was my bad. Well, kind of. You were led astray by
0: IMDb. So you know, <laughs> to put too much trust. <laughs> but uh, no, I think that if anything, there was a few people that questioned some of the timeline of how old Spalding versus Fiona versus Myrtle. Um, Myrtle would all be at that point in time, but you know. In general, I think it was very much well received, well liked by pretty much everyone I've heard so far. Yeah, um, obviously, I think part of that was its attachment to, you know, the season of Coven, a past season of American Horror Story. Whereas this episode, Ara, was it's kind of its own thing in a lot of ways. Even though, of course, there were like winks and nods at I think a variety of past seasons of American Horror Story and stories in this particular instance. Before we get into it too much, a couple things to kind of say off the bat first one is thank you so much to everybody who pitched in just and bought us a couple of these kind of virtual coffees to uh put toward our server costs um we sincerely appreciate it your generosity is so so kind and it um you know just helps us uh, keep this great show well i say great show i I, keep the show i I don't know that i would go so far to say it's great we're pretty humble over here keep the show going for
1: you best fans out there you guys are awesome
0: yeah, so thanks so much. Anybody else who's interested, of course, we sincerely appreciate it. The URL is buymeacoffee.com slash T-A-H-S, all caps. Anyway, moving on. Um, we're going to go into some kind of notes about this episode, episode two, called Aura, uh, that we got from a few different people, just observations I thought were interesting and things I hadn't thought of. But before we do that, I want to say, if you ever want to reach out to us yourself and you haven't before, you've forgotten, you can email us at Story at gmail.com or you can reach out uh, via our Facebook page at facebook.com slash thisamericanhorrorstory. Um, to begin, okay, let's talk through a couple interesting notes from different people. First one was an email from Emma that had a few uh, good little um, Easter eggs in it. First one was that apparently when Jaslyn is putting away books early on in this episode, when they're unpacking, one of them had the number 666 on it. So that was just mm. kind of a, a you know little little Easter egg in there. Um, I think it was uh, maybe in a couple different places. People were drawing lines between this season... Well, this episode and some seasons of American Horror Story. Um, Emma had a couple... Uh, tiebacks to Roanoke, actually. Mm. Um, she mentioned how the, the Ara camera gave her the vibes of when Matt put up a surveillance camera for Shelby,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, even though he thought it was ridiculous in the season of Roanoke. And also just the idea in Roanoke of the over kind of the butcher and her people feeling like they had unfinished business. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, unfinished business from Ghosts is also a murder house theme, too. So that's kind of one of these ongoing American Horror Story tropes we see come back in different ways. Um, there was a, a couple different people who... Uh, tied pieces of Aura to Colt. Bryce mentioned how Kai kind of terrorized Ali in Colt, and there were some similarities there between... Showing up at the door, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I also felt like, I don't know about you, but like the the guy who murdered... Jaslyn's parents, when she has the flashback in mm-hmm. the creepy bunny bunny mask. I mean, we see creepy masks in different horror horror movies too, but it kind of reminded me of the creepy masks the people in in Cult War.
1: Yeah, a yeah. little bit. That's a good
0: that's a good reference. And then Bryce also just mentioned the whole trope of like not knowing who you're really married to, being present in in all sorts of different yep. pieces of the series. Um, the one he mentioned in particular was Cordelia and her witch hunter husband Hank, but I mean, you know, Allie and Ivy. In Colt, uh, Billy Lord's character in Baal in mm-hmm. last season. I mean, the entire episode was named Gaslight, and I mean, you know, and that's
1: we had a lot of that a, in this episode with uh, uh, uh character, Jaslin. Um, just you know, the, the trope of gaslighting the wife who's seeing things and no one believes her.
0: Exactly, and then the last one I wanted to mention was an email from Taylor who talked about just kind of the the racial element of this episode mm-hmm. of you know white man and black woman power dynamic. Um, And even the same thing with the cops kind of patronizing her um, and thinking that she made it up and everything like that. And I actually think there's even more to that. And there was some social commentary happening in this episode, too, because, you know, there's a huge problem here in the U.S. in which many black women, especially in like health situations and at hospitals, um, don't get proper treatment for their medical conditions because they're not taken seriously when they try to convey the amount of pain they're feeling or what their symptoms are and that kind of stuff. It's just kind of this idea of not you know, black women not being believed. And so I think that was kind of some underlying social commentary running through this episode as well. Absolutely. With that being said, before we dive into the cold open, we always got to go through our routine. What are you drinking this Sunday afternoon? Um,
1: So I do have a a back of Coca-Cola, but I am actually drinking alcohol. (laughs) And I got this to show you, I bought it at the store. It's a Cabernet, from California and the title of the winery is Freak Show. I've had Freak Show before. Yes. I've gotten it at Costco. It is excellent. It's it's and, definitely mass marketed, but it's delicious.
0: And American Horror Story appropriate, I would say. Yep. I'm drinking a. Um, it's like a. I don't know if you see. I don't know if these are everywhere or just in New England. Have you seen these culture pop? Like, um, uh-huh. they're like these probiotic, they call it calls a probiotic soda, but this one is orange mango, chili and lime. Ooh. Um, quite good. Yeah. Um, I also just want to mention here, apologies that we are dropping this episode on Sunday. You know, with American horror stories sometimes when we're, cause we record on, on weekends rather than the night of, um, sometimes just things happen and we end up bumping a day or two. So it's probably going to happen off and on, uh, for the season. So appreciate you bearing with us on that front. Uh, but let's go ahead and dive into the episode of Aura. Um, First of all, before we begin, is there any context or any additional comments you wanted to have? Or if not, go ahead and dive right into the cold open.
1: I think no, just this episode is directed by Max Winkler, who we've had um, on American Horror Stories before. He did The Naughty List and then written by Manny Cotto. Um, but the cold open is essentially is the commercial for Aura, which is the doorbell ring service video camera surveillance for, for your door. Um, and Jazlyn's at the store considering buying the device uh, there's another customer there that says it's cheap. And you'll you'll sleep better at night, um, and you'll feel safe. Kind of sets this. It sets the tone of the story about how scary it can be. He tells a story about you know in the old days, 50 years ago, someone showed up after your after six o'clock at your house. You'd be like, hey, company, come on in. These days, if someone shows up after six, they're there to like slit your throat. <laughs> um, Uh, Anyway, so Jasmine buys it, and then we see a really cool shot of her neighborhood that she moved into. It's a gated community. Um, There's a a security patrolling, uh, car patrolling the area, Uh, and we find out that through her husband, Bryce, who's um, at home helping her unpack, that they moved to this gated community just like she wanted, so she has some sort of safety concerns, um, and... It's directly referenced when uh, uh, he says, you know, what happened to you as a kid? I can't imagine what that would have been like. Um, and then we we do get a flashback to 20 years ago when someone break, broke into uh, Jazlyn's home wearing this really creepy bunny mask and kind of shushes her. And then we kind of hear the the intruder break in or go to the parents room and we hear gunshots and screaming. Um, the other thing that we kind of learn is that Bryce. uh kind of he's kind of a dick <laughs> um, but he says there's two types of people in the world there's the ones who plan their lives and the ones who serve the ones who plan their lives um, he does uh, ultimately install the aura device on the front door though for um, for his wife and that's and then then we hit the title sequence yeah that quote
0: i mean when you think through how the episode ends kind of sticks with you when you when you read mm-hmm. it again um, so that's a big piece here. A, a couple other things I wanted to note. Obviously, here we get the the return of two American Horror Story veterans. Obviously, Gabriel Cidebay has been in you know Coven and been in you know as a as a more lead American Horror Story veteran. Whereas Max Greenfield just had a small part in Hotel, um, but still he's he's back and I, he's got a big role here. Um, and I will also point out that uh, uh, Max Winkler. Who I believe is Henry Winkler's son. Mm-hmm. I think we looked at this up last year. Um, directed a bunch of episodes of the series New Girl, and so he has some rapport oh, already funny. with Max Greenfield. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they kind of knew each other. Well, I'm not. Sure. They they must have known each other before this, obviously. Um, I, a couple, just uh, the other thing I think they say is that you know they're on a tight budget right now for whatever reason. Uh, Jaslin is about. Well, they just bought a new house for one thing. Jaslin is about to launch her store. Um and I don't think we know yet what kind of store it is it, online store I think we get the sense yeah. um at this particular period in time and we also kind of notice right away that it's like a pretty highly police neighborhood I think a police car drives right past her house so it's like you're supposed to f- get the sense that it's like a pretty safe neighborhood but I don't think we know where it is necessarily um do they men- ever it, mention It you says
1: think? well it says Mountain View on the security Oh, a car but mountain view there's probably a thousand of those in the u.s so
0: right right so it doesn't necessarily mean california um qu- other question for you before we talk about the credit sequence do you have a ring doorbell i do have one yeah do you i do too do you <laughs> do you find that you check like it, i mean it really does you, you can set the sensitivity right but you know i don't know about you but like i feel like it goes off all the time and especially like if it goes off past a certain time at night i feel like i look every time
1: yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I look pretty much every time Um, I do. I do have my phone on um, uh, sleep mode or whatever. So no alerts come in the middle of the night unless it's an emergency from certain people. But I generally will just like hold my finger down on it and just get it gives me a flash like 90 percent of the time. It's a cat that's walking by um, yeah. or lights from a car that are driving. But I do check it constantly.
0: Yeah, because I'm like, who's there? I like this as a horror premise because I feel mm-hmm. I felt like it was a little bit different, and um, I also felt like in this particular instance, like this episode to me definitely felt more in the like it could have been
1: the concept could have been a Black Mirror concept. Absolutely, this is very Black Mirror, and we've we've been saying that they should go this route, um, and and they did, especially in the absence of
0: Black Mirror being around anymore for whatever reason. So it's I know. kind of it, there's it, there's a lot of opportunity to
1: mine like. The intersection Technology of tech and horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, um, I think, and uh, um, we'll get to this toward the end. But overall, I, I, it was a good attempt at a Black Mirror, but it still, it's, it, it wasn't as good as a Black Mirror episode. <laughs> I, I still, I liked this episode a lot, um, but it was, you know, when you're really comparing, it, it's hard.
0: Well, it's I think in the end, it ultimately had its its American Horror Story slash stories yes. kind of yeah t- twist to it. Yeah, but um, the other thing I'll say too is that. Um, I don't, I, I particularly have like a creepy thing of seeing like ghosts through video cameras. I, that'd be like, I don't know. Was Paranormal Activity it, that's one I, of the earlier ones? Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah, Paranormal Activity was one where you're just like, even now these, now like we do it through our ring cameras, but you know, when you're watching a horror movie that is uh, using security cameras and it's just looking at a stagnant room, we're all like scanning, looking for something to move, or something like a creepy girl standing in the corner, or whatever. And ooh, that's the, ba- uh, the baby monitor is, yep. uh, you know, oh yeah, all those. There,
0: there's just so much there to like definitely creeps people out. Um, what do you think of the credit sequence?
1: I think it was pretty good. This was a pretty basic one, um, you know, lots of doors and kind of invasion imagery, uh, intruders, figures in the door, figures in the hallway. Figures through a peephole. Peepholes. That's yeah. what I wrote down too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. I,
0: it was good. I thought it was good. I thought it was good too. I think I liked the first credit sequence yeah. better of these two, but it was yeah. it was still good. So let's go ahead and dive into the real meat of this episode. Um, you know, I feel like we got a little bit of a it's like a semi-montage uh, at the beginning here where, you know, they're starting to unpack and settle into their house. Jazlyn's store is kicking off. We find out that I think she has like a jewelry business, mm-hmm. perhaps an Etsy business, something like that. Um, they're painting different rooms. Uh, and we learn pretty quick that Bryce seems to have some obsessive-compulsive tendencies in the way he approaches things. And I think he even says straight up that someone he fired at work called him obsessive-compulsive or something like that. So
1: Yeah, he's definitely a workaholic, and he's always doing extra hours because people aren't formatting their emails correctly. He's, he's very particular about how things should go. So we know he's a planner.
0: Mm-hmm. And we find out that they do this, I guess, like dry run of a home invasion where he shows up on the camera.
1: Yeah, that was weird. And then sort of turning into a sexual role play. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially if she has trauma associated yeah. with that from her childhood. Is Not a good idea. a very sexy scenario. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought, too. Yeah. Um, and then we start to move into some of the creepier stuff. Um, You know, Jaslyn's business is not getting any views. Meanwhile, Bryce is busy in his job as a supervisor. It sounds like a very boring company in which he now apparently has some night meetings. Um, When the aura goes off, says someone's at the door. No one's there. She opens the door to find just a raccoon. Um, so she goes to the trash, you know, cleans it up and, and comes back in. Then the doorbell goes off again. So I, I kind of liked how they mm-hmm. placed it with the raccoon first instead yeah. of it being a person. That's you know kinda... usually what
1: happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Doorbell
0: goes off again. And this time there's a creepy guy, older man with like looks very gaunt, long, I don't know, kind of greasy looking hair. Uh, kind of a creaky voice like he hasn't talked in a in long time. Mm. And says, hello, Jaslyn. Open the door. Uh, he knows her name. Mm-hmm. At this point, we're like, man, what the fuck? How does she know this guy? Um, you know, she tells him to leave, but he just starts banging the door, banging the door, trying to unlock it. Uh, and he begins to sing a creepy song into the camera, too, I think, at the end of this mm-hmm. sequence. I thought they did a really great job. I thought yeah. it was very scary. What do you think?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, the guy was creepy. His presence, the shaking of the door. The fact that when she has her phone and is listening to him from upstairs in another room and then walks toward the stairwell and you can hear the audio mixing of it coming through the phone, but also coming through the door as an audio person, fantastic. They did, they did a good job of setting up how creepy this guy is.
0: And in really this moment and in, in kind of the, the people being at the front door of this episode um, also harken back to Season one of American Horror Story, Murder House. And mm-hmm. it's actually uh, episode. Which one is Mur- uh, Home Invasion? Is it two? Yeah, episode two of the first season, the Home Invasion episode, in which you'll remember that there was the guy who pretended to be in a car accident. Oh, right. Um, yep. Is, All led, right. Is, led, is led into the house by kind of the, you know, I guess, nursing students and then proceeds to murder everybody. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, that gets reenacted by some kind of sociopaths who want to come back and recreate yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay. i remember that yeah and i think i think in that episode you see them through kind of the people in the same way but this time obviously through the aura mm-hmm. so that's interesting yeah mm-hmm. uh bryce arrives home to find the police there he's in a panic um you know they're trying to figure out what was going on here obviously it seems like a pretty big deal because this is such a nice and kind of quiet neighborhood when Juan from across the street comes in and says he, you know, his garage camera has uh, footage of the front door from across the street, mm-hmm. so they all go to look at the footage and it shows there was no one there. Um, Great and then for some reason, yeah, for some reason, it, yeah, it sounds like the ARA didn't record this particular sequence because, as you know, anyone who has a ring doorbell knows that it records every time someone starts to mm-hmm. go back and review it, so in theory, you would think. But every so often, you know, low battery, whatever that video can be corrupted or not show up. So it seems like something like that similar happened. And it was at this point in the episode where the light in my head started to go off again and say, is she being gaslit again, just like Billy yep. Lord was? You know, what's going on here? Yep. You know,
1: convenient that
0: Bryce wasn't there, right? And so you're like, what's what's is he doing yeah. something here?
1: Who should I trust here? What's actually happening? Um, the whole neighbor across the street twist was great with the with the camera not showing it. So. As a as a structure of the episodes moving so so far throughout this episode, it's been it's good. It's twisting as it's going. It's great. And Bryce is like very, clearly acting very
0: embarrassed by this, the fact that no one was there. You can see it in his body language, and that's why I was starting to get suspicious of him here because it almost mm-hmm. seems like exaggerated. And even the like the condescension from the police again. This goes back to what we were talking about before the episode and some of the kind of. Race dynamics mm-hmm. and, and gender dynamics, too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we're just very condescending toward her and, like, are you sure you didn't dream it? And, yeah. you know, poor Jaslyn, you know, has to just got to live with it and they leave. Yep. Um, and then she, like, starts to, I mean, question her own self, it feels like, and reflect, you know, back in bed that night, you know, about the murder of her parents and, like, is this some kind of manifestation? Right. And, of course, Bryce it seems to be pushing that it's a dream and that she imagined it as well.
1: I, at this point, I was also starting to think about maybe this is the guy that was in the bunny mask, um, showing up, uh, cause we obviously had that flashback for a reason. Uh, and that was her trauma that she's clearly still wrestling with. Um, but it, I mean, we, 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 it, it goes a different direction, which I think is great.
0: It does. Um, What did you think about the fact that Bryce poisoned the raccoon? It definitely seemed like that disturbed Jasmine when she learned about that.
1: It did. And I think that's supposed to be a little insight into maybe she doesn't know him as well as as, um, she thinks she does. Uh, We don't really know how long they've been married or together for the most part. But we, you know, they seem like they're fun and they they love each other. But, um, you know, she teases him a little bit about it, but it does disturb her (laughs) a, a, a a slight amount.
0: Right. It, 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 there is a little bit of a hinting of like, a, I guess, lack of empathy or something like that, that, you know, foreshadowing clearly, but you don't realize that till later. Well, and, um, it's,
1: and also, yeah, exactly. It, it foreshadows that if there's a problem, he just eliminates the problem as opposed to dealing with a different circumstance in his life. She says just because he made it ugly doesn't mean he deserves to die. So different philosophies on life that these two have. Well, Raccoon wasn't part of the plan, I guess. Right. Yep. <laughs> And
0: so this is they're talking, and this is when the aura goes off again. And this time, the guy's back at the door. And this actually surprised me because I didn't think that the the person at the front door would show up while Bryce was there. Yes, I, I thought that because yeah. I was expecting the gaslight piece to
1: continue. Sorry. Go yeah, ahead. which I, I did too. Which it, it, it subverted our expectation of this story that we're familiar with, and the fact that the husband gets to actually see it happening and what and and learn about it and finally believe the wife this early in the episode, we don't have a whole episode of her not being believed, which is a very frustrating premise um, is great. So he's already brought into the inside and now he believes it too. And he's smart enough to call Juan uh, across the street to be like, Hey dude, what's on your, what's on your security camera right now? Well, and if you'll remember too, actually thinking back to murder house
0: and there's a lot of connections in that episode, in that season, you know, Vivian gets institutionalized. That's Right. Orbit. because, yeah, because they think she's gone mad um, and don't believe her, you know?
1: Vivian, who only wanted to move out of the house.
0: Mm-hmm. But in this particular instance, Bryce calls Juan then to look at the camera, and then they're kind of stunned because, again, Juan doesn't see anybody at the front door, right? Mm-hmm. And so, clearly something's up, and that's when Bryce begins to believe that someone's been hacking into the aura, mm-hmm. which you do hear about this kind of horror yeah, stuff, too. And it's that's a logical that joke.
1: Yep, Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, people doing it in the baby monitors and things like that. Like, we have a special baby monitor that doesn't even hook up to Wi-Fi or anything. It has its, like, own network just, I mean, to
1: prevent same. someone from being able to hack it. Same, yeah. same, yep. Yeah. Uh, it's its own device and its own, doesn't live on the wireless uh, internet. Exactly. But Jason's like,
0: you know, I could hear him through the door. I could feel him pushing and rattling the doorknob. Yeah. You know I mean, so it's, it's, not just, it's not just the tech, but he, again... He believes her that there was somebody, yeah, screwing with her, but he doesn't believe he won't go. It's yeah. a real person.
1: Yeah, ugh. Bryce is so awful. She,
0: yeah, so she goes down the rabbit hole of watching Ara pranks on YouTube, which I have to imagine is a pretty dark place. And the guy in the uploaded video is pretty terrifying. Like that guy talks about like wanting to come in and murder and rape and all this kind of stuff. It's like yeah, very he looks like graphic. a ugh, psychopath. Yeah, so I don't know what kind of unfinished business that guy would have had, but that was pretty creepy. And, you know, basically, um, Jaslyn says, you know, the person who posted this says that this was a real person, too, and they ended up arresting uh, a similar-looking guy who was a sex offender. So it seems like this guy was, like, still alive. alive or something. So it's hard to tell. It doesn't necessarily seem like it's the same situation, I don't think, because obviously he wasn't, like, a spirit trapped in, the, in limbo or something.
1: Right. At this point, they're still trying to signal that it could be an actual physical presence of the of of a scary person who could break into the house right i i think this is also right when she says and this is this is frustrating about one of the frustrating parts about this episode when she remembers a janitor (laughs) from 20 years ago uh who looks like the guy in the camera she just remembered it now which that is kind of how things can play out but Her experience with this janitor seems a little bit more significant that she might remember, you know, the incidents of, like, getting love letters and candy from the janitor. And this guy looks like him. It felt when you get this expository like, oh, I remember this thing out of the blue. It's a little forced and, you know, not the most eloquent way to tell a story. But I don't know. What did you think?
0: I feel like I could uh, suspend my disbelief yeah. if it was just like, in the sense that, okay, it's been a really long time. You don't necessarily remember what someone looked like exactly. You know, I might True. see somebody like they look vaguely similar, but it's hard to place them. But I think the thing that we ne- we don't really hear her talk about um, to Bryce, the police, or anybody is the fact that this guy knew her well by name. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like the... The To My Sweet Jaslyn is something that, like, she really remembered vividly right. before. So that was, like, the connection where I was like, did you really not remember that before? Yeah. It seems like that right. would have came to you more quickly. But who knows, you know? Right. Um, this, but we learned the guy's name was Mr. Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Uh, this actor was Joel Sweeto. Um
1: He did great. He was fantastically cast.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought he did a really good job, too. But, yeah, we get that the, the background. And apparently, um, you know... She doesn't she didn't know what happens to him. Um and rumor was he he'd been institutionalized or something like that. He'd just disappeared right. from school for some reason.
1: Right. Yep. To my sweet Jasmine.
0: Right. Um now later on she's making jewelry again when she's I'm trying to The jump scare. I, um, well, so she sees him reflected in her computer screen, I think. It, or did she pull up the Ara? I couldn't remember if she like I don't know if I didn't catch it and she pulled up the Aura on her computer. It was kind of how did I, he get in her house then? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think it was just jump scares as, as he was in the reflection of the um, of the MacBook. Uh, okay. Because I also was like, eh, you know, and then I was trying to figure out what the rules are for this type of a ghost or apparition. Uh, but I think she may have just had him. I don't know if he was actually physically there. Or maybe he, we'll, we'll learn later that he can physically sort of be in the house. If she lets him in. If she lets him if in.
0: Who knows? Maybe this yeah. one was in her mind or something, or maybe yeah. she's able to pass through tech. Who knows? Yeah. But it was time yeah. for a jump scare, and we got one. It was a good one. It scared me. <laughs> and it prompts her to go find out find out what happened to him basically by going and pretending that she's hosting some sort of reunion event and talking to his sister, who the sister also seems quite creepy. She definitely is. This movie this this episode moves out a good clip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, um, you know, she comes into the house and I liked some of the little details in the sister's house, just like the crushed mints in a small bowl and their little individual plastic packages was like, I loved that because they're so old. Yeah, that was great. That was a great detail. I agree. I I thought that too. Yeah, it it was a good little one. But, you know, we learned that his first name was Dale and that the sister didn't know where he was, but apparently he was still alive. Um, He just ran off, which... You know, I guess we're supposed to believe this was probably 15 to 20 years ago. I don't know how, how long um, from when she saw him in high school, you know. Um, but we learned that he got fired from the high school. And it's after that, he, he was obsessed with computers, basically. So she thinks, oh, well, maybe he got into hacking or something like that. And that's why she's he's now screwing with her for whatever reason. So Jaslyn asks for a picture. And they have this pretty, again, creepy scene where... Um, They go to his room and there's like a bunch of kids action figures and baseball cards and stuff. Um, I would
1: love to um, spend more time picking apart all the posters that he had in there. Because, you know, there's a and I wrote a few of them down, but there's a lot of great references in there. I know he had the fly um, on his wall. That's that's Jeff Goldblum, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And then Alien 3, which is probably one of the worst aliens but i still love the alien series and that's the one where, that takes place uh, on this like in this prison essentially um uh, but with ellen ripley who's uh just iconic so it yeah his his room is cluttered and and there's just horror movie references like all over the place
0: i'll also say that do you know the um the christmas carol the animated christmas carol with jim carrey that's kind of like the the animation's kind of one of those that feels like a little bit surreal to the point mm-hmm. where it's like unsettling. Yes, I felt like I felt like this dude Hendrix, looked kind of like uh, Jim Carrey Scrooge in that movie.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a yeah. I was trying to place what he kind of looks like, that that's a, that is a good um, similar person. Yeah, and that was that was the vibe I was getting at least. Um, but
0: you know, he he's not there, but she she knows he's out there somewhere, and he's into computers. So okay, mm-hmm. maybe he's hacking into their aura. She calls Bryce to fill him in on her investigation, and together they think that this guy has hacked the aura and is still obsessed with her. While well, back at the house, Hendrix is back at the door, um, and I believe this at this point, uh, Jazz is just there by herself when he mm-hmm. comes back again. All he wants to do is see her, he says. Um, and finally, she decides to open it, which I was like, you know, it's one of those moments <laughs> in every, every horror movie where you're like, don't do it! Um, but he, he promises he's not there to hurt her. Um, and when she opens it, there's no one there.
1: Mm -hmm. But But when she closes it, mm -hmm. well, she she there's like this like, and I didn't get it till the second time this happened. But there's like this breeze or something. She like she seems to feel something. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Mm. Yeah, and then she of course turns around to see
0: him inside, just kind of standing there. Um, this also felt a little bit to me like the the sixth sense. Like Mm. when the the spirits kind of seem to be in their own reality and Mm -hmm. like, you know, you see them just in a room, but there's kind of a something, a cloud hanging over them in a dark way. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And at this point, he says that he lied to her and then you're like, oh, no, what's he going to do to her? Right. Yeah. And and this is when we get our little twist. He wants to apologize for the love notes and the stuff in high school and for making her feel unsafe. Mm hmm. Uh, I mean, of course, one of the pieces you have to suspend this belief a little bit here is that he was real creepy, especially that first time he knocked on the door and was singing her a song and still calling her my sweet Jaslyn.
1: Yeah, that's not a way to get someone to let you in, dude.
0: Now, I mean, you have to just feel like, you know, he seems to be a very antisocial individual and perhaps it's just awkward in social situations. Maybe
1: or. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And he's in purgatory, obviously. So, you know. Maybe there's no social etiquette for saying, hello, I'm here to apologize to you. Please let me in. <laughs> right. And I wrote down here that for some reason here, Jazlyn
0: feels the need to apologize to him as well. And at that point, I was like, oh no, is he going to like be mad at her for feeling like she had something to apologize for? Is, is yep. like, this going to set him off? Because he still felt like something was going to happen. It was, Yep. absolutely. Exactly. But as she does so, his his eye sockets just start to cry blood. And instead, mm-hmm. then he just kind of dissolves into a, a cloud of dust. Um,
1: he gets dusted like, in the Marvel films.
0: Yeah, yeah. It did feel like very Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the news, they find that uh, she finds out that Dale's body was found in um, like a river or something like that uh, under an overpass, I think. And it sounds like he'd been there for a while and that he jumped off the bridge. So that's when we start to get the sense that, oh, this guy was in some sort of purgatory, some sort of limbo. Right. Um, and maybe start to get a feel for what the RR really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Bryce comes home and of course arrogantly thinks it was all him resetting the password and yeah. putting up some protection <laughs> around the Wi-Fi, and that's when Jasmine gets another alert, and this time it's a woman.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and, and you know, uh, I don't know. This, is, yeah, you're wondering. Bryce kind of freaks out at this point and trashes Diara, and I was, I did I had not yet made the connection that he knew the person. Were you making it at this point in time?
1: Not at this point. Not at this point. I think, yeah, he was just sick of it. And I could kind of understand why it's like, this is these, these pranks or whatever's happening. But he also doesn't have the information that um, Hendrix dusted in his living room. Um, but obviously now looking back, he recognized who that woman was and he's like, yeah, we're not doing this.
0: Well, regardless, like why would you want to keep this portal to Limbo open? in yeah. the house?
1: <laughs> I've actually thought if they ever wanted to, like they could do a spinoff with um, Jaslin as this like, ghost medium that helps people move on or f- finds the people that created the trauma with the ghosts and then they both have to heal together or something like that. It could be on like ABC or something <laughs> or, or like the what are the family channels are. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, Except I just talked it. about it touched by an angel. <laughs> um.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, Jaslyn becomes kind of obsessed with it, obviously. She goes to the park and finds the the bench dedicated to this woman um, and learns that she died in a hit-and-run. And she looks up the story online, and when uh, she returns home to tell Bryce, that's when we start to learn that she thinks you know this person was named Mary Jane, and that she came looking, she believes, for Bryce specifically. hmm mm-hmm.
1: Mary Jane and- Burkett. Who it's the Mary fuck Jean is Mary Jean Burkett? Burkett. I love, she's right, so right.
0: great. She's, she's yeah, she, she nailed it. And then they watched that YouTube video where, like, the unboxer guy, basically, yeah. like, the influencer, is talking about how the Aura acts as a magnet for spirits using, like, quantum computing or something like that. They nailed
1: that type of a video, too. It was
0: great. And that's when she tells Bryce about Mr. Hendrix and what mm-hmm. happened and everything. And I feel like this shock. Um, starts to kind of break him a little bit, but then he still is denying it until um, she basically says that she's reset the aura and, oh, Mary Jean's there because we hear the movement at the door. Or Mary, is it Mary Jean? I'm sure Mary Jane. Yeah, Mary Jane. Sorry, Jean. Mary Jean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she threatens to let her in and that's when finally, under pressure, Bryce admits that she was his fiance. And so we don't really yet know what the implications of this are are, I mean, I, I thought maybe it was someone he was having an affair with or something. Previously. That's what I, I thought,
1: thinking. too. Yeah, this is a little this is another like, oh, it's just, you know, you can they, you could take it any direction because there was no writing that set up that he had a relationship before. Not that he wouldn't have had a relationship before, but there's no seeds planted that would reveal make this reveal feel connected to the, the bigger story. This is literally just pulled out of nowhere. <laughs> Right. And he kind of starts to trickle out information. Wait, you know? sorry. I was yeah. just thinking the only I the reason I thought it was uh, possibly an affair is because he had all those late hours. So that could have been seeds planted for having an affair because um, he's like, I'll be late tonight. Don't wait. Up yeah, for exactly. Like that. But exactly. We, mm-hmm. They didn't go that way, which is right. fine to subvert that. But then again, this felt just like, OK, well, we're just saying this person was his previous uh, fiance. Fiance. So we started to trickle out
0: information. I thought maybe then, oh, maybe it was his fiance who just like something terrible happened. And that's the reason he didn't want to tell her is it's just so traumatic to him, mm-hmm. him that he mm-hmm. blocked it out of his memory. Similar to, you know, Jaslyn had her own childhood trauma she doesn't like to think about. Right. And then he then he admits, especially when he admits that, that he was there at the park the night she got hit and he was breaking it off. Right. Um, and then, and I was, I, I, honestly, I thought that was the big reveal was just that like he was brokenhearted by it, but then things take a much darker Real turn. Serious turn. Yeah, mm-hmm. dark, dark, dark. Ooh. Jasmine lets Mary Jean inside and that's when she's holding a baby and we learn she was pregnant. And then it's like still, okay, that's horrible. Did he break it off and then she was pregnant? Uh but then we get the flashback that is just like pretty violently disturbing, where he wanted her to end it. She got hit by the truck and that was not his fault. she just, just kind of stumbled backwards in their interaction but she's still alive and is yelling for him to help and then he ends it with his foot on her neck it's like wow this yeah. guy is way more a sociopath than we realized yeah
1: yeah i was just like jesus this shit got emotional fast yeah i mean
0: i don't know and do you she's, feel like that was a good twist or do you feel like that was excessive? I'm still kind of torn around it.
1: I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how I completely feel about it yet. Um, I, I just finished the episode a little bit ago um, and I remember watching them like it just felt heavy and so dark and depressing. And, you know, the fact that she's alive and asking for help, like this guy is really bad. Um and he puts his foot on her neck. W- At first he starts yelling like help, help. I was like, "Okay, good. You're going to try to do something, right?" But then you also remember the woman was a hit and run and I don't know. So it, it I, thought def- he was just go- I thought he was just I thought he was just going to leave her and that was still going to be yes, me too. pretty fucked up because she was still alive. But, but the, the fact, fact that he yeah, killed her. Yeah, exactly. He ugh. um it definitely made this episode a lot darker, a lot more in the horror and less of a just like a fun thriller, um, yeah. Maybe I don't it's know. From how I like go su- about it. suspense
0: and thriller to to like to horror, and that's when he grabs a poker near the fireplace, and I think his line that he says was something along the lines of like, "Baby just didn't fit in the plan, and now neither do you." Yeah. That's when we throw back to that line that you wrote and, and talked about from the cold open.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but then he starts to seemingly get choked out by. I guess Mary Jean's spirit, or yeah. some of her friends in the spirit world—not entirely clear—but <laughs> yeah, died, died, you know, pretty disturbing death, and then turns to dust, just like Mister Hendrix.
1: Yep, yeah, yeah. Because I think Jaslyn says like, "Oh, she didn't come here to um, forgive you, or whatever," and then but then she was, good, good yeah, yeah, that was great. Uh, yeah,
0: and then we get an epilogue here where we jump ahead three months. Jaslyn has recolocated, um, which good for her. I mean, it doesn't seem like. You know, that neighborhood would not have a whole lot of good memories associated with it at this point in time. And she doesn't need a place that big just for her. She's in some kind of condo building. And uh, the maintenance guy informs her that every condo in the place has a mandatory aura.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, of course, I said to myself, was Bryce going it, to be at her door? And of sure course. Enough, he's at the door. His unfinished business, I guess, is being pissed at her for bringing in mary Jean, you know
1: yes yeah. so. it, it, him showing up is like a fun thing because i think we all kind of expected him likely to be it but him actually being there doesn't completely make sense unless there's other trauma that he needs to revisit and she needs to revisit
0: i kind of think they should have ended it just with her motion dad, like motion at the door yep yeah. yep i don't I, think we needed to see bryce yeah i agree 100 percent. that would have been better and scene. That was Ara. um, whew. A lot to unpack there. Like you said, that, that episode was very fast paced. And that part I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Well, what do you feel? Well, first of all, what do we want to rate this one? Um, motion sensors on your like, motion sensors. doorbell?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I give it four and a quarter motion sensor on my doorbell because it was a great episode that moved quickly. It had its, you know, some typical American horror story, let's just shoehorn some plot into it to make it more fun and make sense and connect things. But I really enjoyed it. Um, it, It did go the more Black Mirror route, and I appreciated that. Technology is a great place to mine for horror stories, as you mentioned. Um, I like the interesting theme that it brings up uh, about trauma and how ghosts with unfinished business is actually also the living person's problem. And they have to invite in that, that person or that trauma to heal from it. Um, and I think that's helpful in a, in a way that isn't, it's not always the ghost that has to go do something. It's also the people who are still alive that are walking around with trauma, um, I'm glad it didn't go just the standard classic gaslighting trope. Um, there was a little bit of it there, of course, but it didn't stick on that. Okay. Also my motion, my ring just went off and now I'm like creeped out. I'm, I'm freaked out. My, it just, I think it's okay. Yeah. It's just my, is there someone there? My, yeah. It's my, um, my family is, is in town. Um, anyway. So, but I really liked it Moved so quickly and there was a bunch of twists in there. So it didn't feel, it didn't lull at all. It was just constantly moving. It, if they really wanted to, they could expand this into an hour and a half movie, but it didn't need to. It worked perfectly at 43 minutes or whatever it was. So I, I really liked this episode a lot. What, what did you give it?
0: I really liked it too. I think I'm going to give it a, I think I'm going to give it a four, um, four motion senses at the front door. And, <laughs> and I, you know, I say that with yeah, thinking it was a very good episode. I honestly think the reason that the dollhouse from last week for me jumped from a four to a 4.5 was just Dennis O'Hara is just fantastic, and some of the like the lines from that particular episode were so good. Mm-hmm. I feel like this episode, um, I still thought the acting was great. I thought oh yeah,
1: that it, I had yeah. mentioned that, but I agree. I was going to say Max and Gabrielle and uh, the guy who played the and the woman, the guy, the, the two people who played the ghosts. Yeah, fantastic. They were great. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, the Mary Jean's ghost was played by the actress was, um, I had it just pulled up here, Lily Roran, who I thought did an excellent job yeah. as well. She was in a, she's a veteran of a couple other horror, past horror movies, including one, uh, Last Night. I don't remember if you know remember, I don't know if you remember that one from 2017, but I feel like that was a, I remember when it was being um, advertised in like, mm-hmm. theaters and stuff. I don't remember seeing it myself, but um I thought she was great. I definitely thought that, yeah. Um, I thought everyone did a good job. It was a small cast. It was a fast-paced episode. I thought that it subverted some tropes. Yeah. In, you know, a useful way, and also like it took some kind of typical both American horror story themes and general horror story themes and added some depth and complexity to them when you mm-hmm. think about, you know, kind of like what we talked about, the racial themes and the gender dynamics, but also, mm-hmm. um, you know, the stuff you talked about related to trauma. I liked that it was just a clever idea through kind of like what is a very modern kind of new horror medium. When you think about kind of these motion sensor video doorbells, it's 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 a new thing, right? And so it felt fresh in that way. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, we link it back to the horror, uh, you know, the historical horror canon when we talked about paranormal activity and all these kind of things as well. So there's like some threads to draw through. Um, and I think that even though like... It took some like little bits of jumps here and there that maybe were not the like, you know, as we kind of questioned a couple things. It didn't. It, it did not do that to the point that it really
1: bothered me at all. Right, especially for American Horror Story. You know, we're going to do that a few times, and it, it we did, and it's fine. We can move past that. It's not going to. We're not get hung up on it like we like other productions probably.
0: And I think, yeah, and ultimately, I think it stuck the landing too. I thought the Bryce twist was interesting. And, like, as dark as it got there, I felt like it still, you know, it worked. And then him kind of coming back to return. That was almost like fan. Service. I, I, yeah, exactly. It was almost like fan service like did that. But again, I think you and I both wish it would have just stopped at the motion. I think if it was a movie, it would have stopped at the motion. But mm-hmm. it's almost like the American horror story aspect of it. They needed to show Bryce at the front door. You know, but that's yep. fine. That was good. Um so to that it, you know, all that being said, I, I agree. I give it I give it four. You give it four and point two five. So that's a solid eight and a quarter, which this is I mean, hats off to uh, American horror stories for taking, I would say at least so far, kind of a leap this season in terms of quality. And, uh, really, I think we can say Manny Cotto in particular, um, has kind of at least these first two episodes put, put the, the series on his shoulders. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see if, if, uh, episode three can carry that through.
1: This has been a very, really strong start and I hope, yeah, I hope they continue doing it because I'm in. Um, uh, me, when- me too one thing of note that um, was interesting is they reordered the episodes um, last they week. They did. They did. Cause we thought Necro was going to be second or a third. So do
0: we know if Necro's next week or did that one get shuffled elsewhere?
1: Um, I think it got shuffled elsewhere. I, I can't remember exactly. I have to look it up and it, it's changed twice actually since I've seen it because, Oh, but we don't, I don't think we actually know exactly why, but uh, you know, the fan threads and conversations on Twitter and Reddit are that maybe Necro's content is, um, Was a little much, and they needed to uh, adjust it or order it in a different way. Interesting. Tone it down or something. Interesting.
0: Well, we'll, I'll be curious to see that one, and I'll be curious to see whatever the next episode is, regardless. Uh, I think, you know, we've got left Necro, Drive, Bloody Mary, Facelift, Milkmaids, Cellulite, and Lake. So we'll see which one we get next week, but I have to say, I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Well, <laughs> excuse me, sorry about that. Thank you all for joining us and uh, looking forward to tuning in with you again next week. Uh, Chris, where can people find you between now and then?
1: I will be on Instagram and Twitter, at Chris Chris with a K. What about you, Tyler?
0: I'll be, you know, kind of lurking on those platforms as well under the handle tj moss 11 Thank you all so much for listening. As always, you can reach out to us at thisamericanhorrorstory at gmail.com, on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash thisamericanhorrorstorypodcast, and then just rate us and review us on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts in. Uh, we really appreciate that, and it helps the podcast get out to some new people. So, until next week, we wish you all a good one, and happy hauntings mm oh.